Uh, yes, hello, hello. Okay. Hello, and... hello, hello. Okay. Welcome to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. This is officially episode six. We've made it. The wait is over. Mm-hmm. We are digging into warning. I'm so excited for this album. This album is one of my favorite Green Day albums, absolutely. I think as we discovered, it's kind of uncredited. It's, it's yeah. not really yeah. talked about. It's kind. It's Even the information out there on this album is scarce yeah. compared to a lot of the other Green Day works. It flew under the radar a little bit. I don't know why. You know, it's. I, I guess it was a little boring for people. But. It was a change people didn't want. Yeah. But I mean, speaking speaking of changes people didn't want, last week we did GDN. We were doing uh, Green Day news. We were bringing you all the hot Green Day news. There's just so much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm still. I have the Swiffer here. I'm still trying to get it up off the floors. It is sticky and and smells even worse than last time. If you can imagine, it was kind of horrible. Yeah, really. Yeah. It has grown rank for sure. Before I, I stumble ahead uh, recklessly, um, mm-hmm. it would be irresponsible uh, and perhaps even rude to not, you know, say, "Hey, what's up? I'm Chris Brady Denton, major Green Day fan, host of this redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Like, what's with you? How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. And I'm uh, I'm Colin Brady, Chris's uh, long lost cousin, and another massive Green Day fan. I, I hesitate to say more of a Green Day fan, but perhaps more of a Green Day fan. Yep. Well, he's boring and I'm an asshole. True. And, you know, somehow we make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Like every great couple. <laughs> We're going to counseling. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, this podcast is our counseling, arguably. That's true. Um, you know, and, and that it's only for us and it's it's working out fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, now Chris, Chris, it sounds like we're in the, the exact same recording booth, I would say, but that's not true. The truth is we're what, probably a thousand miles away. I'd say at least, isn't that crazy? I know it's wild. And you're down in uh, Los Angeles, just in, in your bedroom, not bedroom, living room, probably. And, uh, don't out me. Yes. I'm in my bedroom, but oh. you know, <laughs> okay. no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily wearing pants right now, but we don't need to, you know, Hey, I'm right there with it, you. It's, it's, it's not a visual medium, so we don't need to, you know, explore that. True. True. But I mean, there's no yeah. reason to be wearing pants right now. Anyway. No, no, no. When, <laughs> whenever I'm recording behind a mic, I'm like no pants. Yeah, absolutely. I need to feel free. Yeah. I need to kind of be myself. It's Let sort of it like if you're if you're Skyping with out. someone, you know, you want to just do up the upper half, the part that's going to be in the video. If I'm Skyping with someone, yeah, I, I don't even wear underwear. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah I'm so completely when, naked, but tuxedo up top. Of course, yeah. So when you're recording, you you really just want to do up your voice, you know, you drink some drink some tea right beforehand, you know. I cannot tell you how many Skype interviews I think I blew just because they maybe could tell that I was naked underneath my shirt like after <laughs> my pants. I wasn't wearing anything. How true is that statement? I'm curious. I know that's mostly a joke, but has that happened? I mean, in all seriousness, even though I was wearing pants, I felt like I was naked. So, wow. You know, I that's feel like interesting. they could tell. So maybe, yeah. maybe the call is to, to, to uh, dress up, even if they're not going to see it, just so you feel better about yourself. Placebo. They say that the trick to feeling like uh, comfortable in front of someone is to picture them naked. Yeah, I don't know about and that. And I would say that the trick to feeling more safe is actually to pic- picture yourself wearing more clothes. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, it has nothing to do with them. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, Chris, how are things down in uh, Los Angeles for you? I had to bring my car into the shop. Oh, no. And in, and so I was without a car for a day. Uh-oh. And in, in Los Angeles, like, it is an unsolvable issue. And it's for the whole entire next day, I didn't have a car. I was like, well, I, I had a, supposed to have a lunch meeting. I was supposed to uh, run some errands and, and just, you know, have a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get some things done. And I was just like, oh, cancel everything. Cancel <sighs> all of that. You're not going to spend 20 bucks to Uber somewhere either. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's you know, that's how things are. Is I, I, I really realized that, wow, Los Angeles is a real car city. Yeah. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, I might be the first one to have that observation. I think so. Yeah. That is super yeah. novel. Definitely. It was. And, you know, so that will hopefully be on my tombstone. I, I did coin that. In any case, that is to say things are quite boring. Mm-hmm. Colin Brady. How are you? Have you been climbing into any windows lately or, or finding any lost item of yours? How are things in Seattle? It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I actually have not lost anything this week, which I feel pretty pretty proud about. Okay. You know, it's well, been a long steps. time. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've gone a whole week without losing anything important. The other day, though, I will say I left my keys in my door and I realized the next morning, like, where are my keys? Where are my keys? I walk out and like, even though I'd locked the door, it was basically like unlocked. Is worse than unlocked because people could see the keys there, you know. So, oh, so I didn't lose God. them. I didn't lose them, but I did do that. So, yeah, yeah, baby steps, like you said. Uh, <laughs> past that, you know, nothing much. I, I went on a hike so, yesterday. So, oh, pretty boring. So we're back pretty to boring. boring. Pretty boring. So we're yeah. back to pretty boring. We, okay. I've got. So I've got just back said to that. accepting. I got back to. Hey, accepting. bud. I'm boring. Though. Bud, you could have just said that. You could. Hey, you know what? This week, you know, back, back to pretty boring. Next week. Next week, I'll do that. Next week. Yeah, I'll do I don't want you to act recklessly or anything. I want to be very clear. But, you want you know, me to be boring. I'm happy. I am really happy when you're boring. I feel like you're going to be safe and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, and like going on a hike, you're getting you're doing great things. And that's you know, yeah. It's more interesting to hear about you like nearly slitting your wrist trying to climb through a window. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't really I don't want that for you. Oh, thank you. That is so yeah. sweet. That is so sweet to hear. But for the sake of the podcast, you understand it's it's, it's I get a you. real yeah, it's entertaining. Devil and angel on it's my shoulder type thing. Well, maybe for the next yeah. few months, I will continue to act recklessly. Then, for the sake of the podcast, no, again, no, 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 don't no. again. <laughs> Off mic, I might tell you to, but here I cannot. I have to say no. Okay, sounds good. Uh, you know, speaking of boring, last week we did GDN uh, episode one. Chris Martin is a lizard person, um, and that's all true. And if you want the latest on Green Day from the past couple of weeks, uh, check that out. Mm-hmm. Of course, please like, subscribe, follow, whatever you do. Uh, we really appreciate it. But this week, because there was such an abundance of that sticky, icky, disgustingly dank, horrendous smelling Green Day news last week, I think we're going to skip GDN this week. I think yeah. we covered I think it. that's a safe bet. I think it's a safe bet, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I you you look it up and you're like, no, it's all this is all the old news that's still covering our walls. You and know? it's totally not because we want to do another episode of just GDN, you know, that would never be. I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that I would just I mean, if there's a, another time where there's an overwhelming amount of news, we might be forced to do it again. Again, it's really up to Green Day. True, true. If they overwhelm us to a point where we, go, we can't do both in one week, then they kind of call our bluff. We have to do another one. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to talk about Chris Martin being a lizard person again. And you like if that's fine with me. The more I get the message out, the better. To people be fair, th- to be fair though, you know what's the point? What what are people going to do once they know that he's a lizard person? I mean, I don't know. Just I don't know. Maybe he can be free to come out of the lizard. That's true. Like, I don't. That's true. There's nothing yeah, wrong. I don't with like. That. I don't There's like the thought that, that he has to hide too. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And pretending this to be a British this is heartthrob. The age of equality, right? Even lizard yeah. people should be people. Lizard people should be able to unzip their human masks and show their scales. Yeah. In any case, foregoing GDN this week, we are going to try a new edition. Um, it, it's slightly pertaining to our album of the week, but it, it's perhaps a bit of a uh, prelude. This is Where Were You? Where were you? Huh, okay. Colin. I, yes. Colin Brady? Yes. So this album, Warning by Green Day, mm-hmm. what is it? What number? Number six, yeah. Isn't that crazy? They've done six albums. This was I the know. year 2000. We are finally old enough to be perhaps a little sentient mm-hmm. as children. We were alive at this time. We were True. alive for the past few, but we weren't really, I'd say, old enough to have any distinction or taste. Yeah, no way. And there's no way I heard any of this at the time. But this is the year 2000. Where were you? You know, that is a good question. I was I was in Bolivia, I think, at the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's no way I heard any of this, unfortunately. But, uh, but you know, you, you luckily uh, introduced me to it when I had moved back to the States. So, so I, uh, I caught back up later on. What, what grade were you in? Or how, how many years were you in Bolivia? Uh, I, was, I was there for about four or five years. I was probably... Wow. I guess I was five years old at the time, so I would have been in... I don't know what grade that is. What is that, like first grade? Uh, yeah, maybe kindergarten, first kindergarten. grade. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, yeah. How about you, Chris? Where were you? And, and well, and just and back to... You spoke yeah. Spanish, right? Your entire childhood? Oh, God. Yeah, I did, but I forgot... I forgot. You were like years. fluent though. As I, a was, kid. I was. I was because you had kid. to be. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. So it's cool. weird how kids are. Yeah, you just pick it up. I didn't like learn at all in any uh, like set like classroom really? setting or anything. So no, no, yeah. no teacher was like trying to help you learn. Yeah, the no, class. no. I think I just like you know interacted with enough kids at school or whatever and like picked it up there and. Uh, but yeah, like I said, like it was terrible because then we moved and I didn't speak it for years. And I realized years later, I'd just straight up forgotten how to speak Spanish, you know. But uh, it's not like riding a bike. It's the opposite. Yeah, it's weird. You yeah, just, it's super weird. You forget it. Forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't tried super hard to relearn. So, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I can do it. We'll see. I, I just think that's that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. And and but yeah, so maybe maybe some Dookie tracks made it out there on the radio or something. I could see that. Not. Yeah, probably not. A but like, else. it's possible. You know, I think really what I was listening to down there is just from my dad. So it was probably ninety percent Beatles and then like another five percent Rolling Stones and another like five percent. I don't know. No, no, no. Credence Clearwater. Sure. Dire Dire Straits maybe. Yeah, some standards. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. In the year 2000, I'm trying to think back to, mm-hmm. I think, so this is uh, this is the last Green Day, proper Green Day album in a pre-9-11 world, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. And it's and also interesting for us, like, it's, it is weird thinking back to the to the pre-9-11 days. Um, I believe I was, yeah, probably around six or okay. seven, I think six. Okay, uh, the, yeah. October 2000, which is when this came out, I think I was probably in, in the beginning of first grade. Okay. Okay, yeah. 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 So maybe you were maybe kindergarten or something like it must that, right? Been, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I'm just one grade behind you probably. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I again I didn't I think is what we were talking about in the first episode where I kind of had a an idea of Green Day through I think some songs from Nimrod uh that had been on the radio a bunch mm-hmm. from the past couple of years and then some songs from Dookie that had just been on the radio nonstop. Of course, yeah. All of the right. songs on Warning here these acoustic kind of adult 
pop rock songs to me uh, feel like standards. When I hear Minority, it feels like a song that we've mm-hmm. known like uh, all of our lives as a collective humanity. Yeah, that is a classic. Everyone can get down to that song. And unfortunately, I was not in Bolivia. I, was, I wasn't living anywhere cool. I, we was, I was being raised with my sister in, uh, I think, Encinitas, or we had literally just moved to Solana Beach. We mm-hmm. moved around a bit for a few years there. I actually didn't realize. Um, okay, huh. Yeah, so we for, for a spell, when I was first entering elementary school, we lived in a different house every year. Oh, okay. For like the first few years. My mom raised Rose and I in the house that your parents used to live in. Oh, really? Before they had you. Yeah, oh, that I did not were know that. Weird. And Encinitas. That yeah, so that was the first house I remember living in. Oh, that's so funny. Let's let's hop in officially. So that was where were you? I, I'd like to kind of track us as we go forward. We're gonna become more and more fully formed people. Yeah. The further into the Green Day discography. Yeah, I dig this new section. And I'm very excited to kind of track where we were in different parts uh, yeah. as, as these albums come out. I think American Idiot is our first awakening, but I agree. But even leading up to it, there's I some think awareness. We were maybe vaguely aware. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, so much of the way you react to an album is is based on where you are, you know, in your life at that point. Anyway, so this would be absolutely good background for us. Anyway, so let's hop into officially the album of the week. Mm-hmm. Let's start you out with some facts about Warning came out again in 2000. The first thing that I noticed, at least about this album, is it's like a lot more poppy than most of their other their tracks, you know, musically. Um, and it even has some like folk influences, it feels like, for a few songs. There's a lot more acoustic guitars and like... Yeah, there's like folk, Scott, there's like surf rock. It's just all these different influences. I'd say yeah. a lot of it is like is like very openly influenced by famous pop rock Yes. Acts, like the Kinks, the mm-hmm. Beatles, Bob Dylan. And we'll get into it on the one by ones, but there is a certain lines that seem to be exactly inspired by certain acts, specifically yeah. the Kinks and the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then there's just other things that Billy was just openly listening to, like Dylan, and just kind of trying yeah. to capture the vibe. A lot of these classic rock acts. I was just gonna say, I think he actually says the Bob Dylan's like bringing it all back home. That album, the whole all of Warning was almost was very significantly influenced by that album, apparently. Which I thought was super interesting. And that's interesting because I would say this is as as well as the most acoustic guitar driven album of theirs. I think it's also kind of the the first proper protest album by Agreed, Green yeah. I think they yeah. start to get political. Yeah, even though American Idiot was obviously, you know, far and away the most socially conscious album, this is you can see the beginnings of it on this album for sure. Originally they wanted to have the producer was the man Scott Litt, who worked with Nirvana and REM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess they just didn't quite communicate. Something wasn't working, so they they ended up going back to old Robbie Cab. <laughs> and ba- basically, he ended up executive producing as Green Day produced mm-hmm. this album by themselves for the first time. Yeah. So Rob was kind of looking over their shoulder, making sure everything was going yeah. okay. Which, by and the way, Green Day what, what is helmed an, it themselves. Yeah, what is an executive producer? Like, I feel like I've gotten the explanation before, but it is so hard to understand. It feels like you just like get paid to not really do anything. From what I from what I gather. In every business it's a little different, but that's essentially it. Yes. <laughs> okay. But, but what he's doing is basically being like, I am the experts for these people who are doing the dirty work but are not necessarily experts. Right. So they I need like some, I'd say he's guidance. giving counsel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what, I I can get that for sure. And and so so it's great. So the relationship with Rob continued. Mm-hmm. Um of course, you know, he, he's he's a classic character, old Cavallo. 
Oh, you know, you know, let's talk about something a little weird, huh? Hmm. Let's talk about these album sales. I know. I was actually just about to bring that up. This this is easily their worst performing album commercially. Definitely. I was surprised, actually. Which is really strange because, yeah, you listen to it and you're like, well, obviously this is more polished, more like put together than, well, really all of their albums up to this point, I think. Yeah. You know? I, oh, I agree. It's much better produced. Okay, especially like, like a, it's a lot more mature. or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot more mature. Like just everything about it just feels like they've, you know, reached a, another level. But. Uh, for whatever reason, yeah, the the public just wasn't really feeling it at this point. Um, I don't know. Yeah, do you have any like theories on like why that was? Do you, th- you think it just got boring? I mean, I I feel like they'd been having. Uh, I think Dookie went went diamond. We had twenty. I think Insomniac had the fans who were willing to stick around two million. Yeah, right there. I think the same two million showed up for Nimrod. Yeah, I agree. And I think after the, which was bloated. Yeah, and was showing a lot of different directions for the band. I, I, it did lack a little focus in that way. True. Yeah, it was a playlist. Um, and yeah. so I think when the singles for Warning started coming out and they were these acoustic kind of, again, more like adult rock and not so much punk mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people just got, were just, uh, like that was the last straw. Um, That's such a shame. But yeah, I so think you're right. so you know, and, and as of 2012, by the way, it has sold 1.2 million copies. It is, it has gone platinum since, and it's not. Again, with all these numbers we're talking, these are fantastic numbers. True, for any true. other band, you just always got to look at a relative, you know. When your first album that the public really sees is one of the, you know, biggest selling albums of that decade, mm-hmm. like everything you do is going to be compared to that. Yeah. So it is unfair, yeah. but yeah, so it's, you know, 1.2, that's amazing, you know, in the decade since, but at the time, especially because it hadn't, it hadn't gone platinum when yeah. it first came out and yeah. it, it really did feel like a big slump for Green Day and, and yeah. I kind of think everyone knew it. Exactly, exactly. And I think, crit- or, uh, yeah, critically, it, it was sort of reflected as well. At the time, it got some mixed reviews. A lot of people thought, you know, yeah, it's great. It's like more mature and everything. But a lot of people also felt like they're uh, maybe not selling out, but like giving up on their their like genre roots, which I think we've talked about this before too. Like I think that's that's just fucking stupid. You should do what you want, you know. Um, oh, completely. And and you know, I was reading things that were just talking about this was the new millennium, mm-hmm. and the music landscape had changed. There yeah. was there was Britney Spears, there was boy bands, there was new metal was coming onto the scene with like corn mm-hmm. and, and then soon, you know, that would lead to like Lincoln park and a, you know, that type of music down the line. Right. Right. And yeah. green day, like was kind of having to change with the times. And I, you know, as every band has to, and I think in their case, they're like, we're going to go back to what works, what's classic, which is like classic pop rock. Mm-hmm. And I personally, as you said, like I was raised on it. It's standards for me. I yeah. love it. And I love, I think green day really excels in this arena. I agree 100%. Yeah. And you can tell on this album, like their melodies are just getting catchier and catchier. Like they, they've just gotten the songwriting process completely down at this point. Seems like, uh, to oh me. gosh, um, the, 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 his, his grasp on melody. Exactly. It's crazy. Album. Like every, every, I think every single one of these songs is pretty fucking catchy. I would say, you know, even the ones I, I don't mean, like Colin. as much overall, but it is, it's fire. What's that? Colin. Yeah. I mean, they could call him a fisherman, right? God, you already you already did that one. You already did that one. Because this guy's got hooks. (laughs) And the Uh, album art, yeah, uh, Colin. I couldn't find a ton about it because it's Mm -hmm. it's just a photograph. It's a black and white photograph of the guys. But apparently, they're walking on Waverly Street in Chinatown, uh, in San Francisco. Okay. 
so they're they're in the East Bay still. They're still shouting out where they come from. Um, right. Looking, it's kind of a blurry photo of them walking down the street. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say it's their most uh, low key album art. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But um, it does fit the tone. It does. It does. Yeah, I, I don't find it super interesting. They probably could have done something a little more. I don't know, grabbing at least. But um, but yeah, I don't have a problem yeah. with it. A lot of the art for the single, the single art, I thought is, was more interesting than the actual album art with the the warning and the fingers getting snapped and the gears. And, oh, uh, I don't know if I've actually seen those. They kind of have the different custom made warning sign, like signs that they made. Oh, for okay, album. yeah, that's actually and that's I, perfect. That that could have been a, maybe a bit more iconic to just do like a, one of those in the a middle. A warning sign. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's fine. You know. It's, it's yeah. kind of a snapshot of them at that point in their lives. Billy's got the bleach blonde hair and right, all that. Right, yeah. One one last thing. I just know that critically, like, later on, though, too, because, you know, you said, like, 12 years down the line or whatever, it was at, you know, 1.2 million copies. I think critically the same thing. is like, further down the line, people look back and were like, oh, you know, this is actually a pretty good album. Like, they didn't really, you know, didn't do any wrong here, um, which I thought was sort of interesting. Yeah, like, de- dear people in my life, loved this album like they like like if i don't know it was a cool answer to be like what's your favorite green day album they'd be like warning and you go wow that's actually the very cool answer because <laughs> i yeah. think i do you're right i think this album is very underappreciated and i think yeah as time it time is kind to this album it is yeah exactly i think yeah the further we get from it the more we appreciate it but yeah yeah let's dive right in all right let's check out the the album that was kind to time and time was kind warning track Track one here on warning is of course warning warning and those drums come in so so hard i love that i mean this is just classic yeah uh billy billy joe said that this was uh the original concept was to create a song whose lyrics were made up from all the signs and labels in his area and the idea kind of grew from there i think yeah i think that's a really cool idea you know to like call attention to (laughs) How many like caution warnings we get in a on a daily basis, you know, in modern life? Yeah, because and, it is and, kind and, of ridiculous. How much we ignore them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the music video is hilarious too. It's just some like dude who just does all these super ridiculous, unsafe, random things. Yeah, I love the video. Ignoring ignoring all these. Yeah, exactly. Ignoring all the signs. Yeah. Um, it has been noted that the song's main guitar riff bears a strong resemblance to the Kinks song Picture Book. Mm-hmm. And when people accuse Green Day of, of uh, copyright things or stealing music, this is often one that they will cite. Yeah, uh, I think there was a suit actually at one point. Um, but it was it was a different song that also resembles Picture Book, but they argued that Warning resembles their song much more, which is interesting. What song was that again? I'm trying to find it actually right now. Let's see. Never got the chance um, by. Oh yeah. Other Garden. I've never heard of them, but yeah. Me neither. Come on. Well, I'm. I'm in this case. I'm sure they both were probably inspired by the Kinks. Yeah, I um, think so. And and as far as that goes, you know, the, it is a little different. Um, and the resulting song is very different, which is what I always think is the most important part. Um, to be fair, like if, if a melody is, you know, a certain number of notes at the same interval, right, that's what's considered illegal. There's some like very specific legal definition on it. Like I think it's, I don't remember how many notes, but like you have to have like two measures or something that are like identical 
um, for the melody oh, okay. for it it's, to be. I mean, it's very complex. I know there's a lot of different factors they look mm-hmm. at nowadays. Okay. It certainly does have a similar vibe. And, and it, But again, they were very open about their inspirations on this album. So it might not be wholly original, but I think the resulting song is incredibly satisfying. Yeah, so I absolutely. I've got it. no problems, and and it's different. It isn't, you know, like I, it's, I don't think the reason it's good is for the same reasons that the Kinks original is. Yeah, I think outstanding. I, I think one of the best parts about it is just sort of the. It feels like bouncy almost, you know, like the beats are so heavy. Um, and I read something about how like Trey and and Mike for this whole album were trying to make the beats like a lot more uh, like deep grooves. I think is what they said. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can feel that. Yeah, exactly. I think there's more room for that now that the guitars are less blown out and mm-hmm. distorted and you can really get into that groove. Exactly. Interesting last little fact about Warning is uh, this is the first Green Day song to feature a tremolo effect on the guitar. Oh. And this became the prominent feature of the 2004 single Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not really, no. Of our broken dreams, I just don't think that sounds like it at all. I walk like that sounds like it, right? I think so. Yeah, I think we should toss the current podcast format and we should just make this, you know. Covering the uh, the albums by acapella. Yo, dude, I do Green Day acapella. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that that sounded like it. You're crazy. Um, number two here is a song that I very much enjoy. Blood, sex, and booze. Thank you. I was about to say it's a little inappropriate. I didn't want to say it. So you, yeah. What's that called again? Uh, Blood, sex, and booze is, Ooh, is track two here on Warning. Healthy. Let's check it out. Yeah. The lyrics always remind me of uh, Dominated Love Slave, even though they're pretty different. I actually wrote that in my notes as well. Oh, It was uh, similar to Pulling Teeth um, in that it could be about misery or sadomasochism. Right, exactly. Yeah. Not could be, it is. <laughs> it definitely, well, it definitely is. It definitely and misery is. is that is the Stephen King novel about being tied up by the woman who breaks, breaks his balls. Oh, um, that's that right. People yeah. were saying pulling teeth might be about so, but this is a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the third single off the album, uh, which is fun. Again, Green Day always really swinging for the fence as far as just uh, putting them on the felt. Yeah, you know? yeah. Taking their cojones, slapping them on the felt there, saying, "Here's our dirty little single." <laughs> uh, but if you indulge on the blood, sex, and booze, you're going to end up having to go to track three, Church on Sunday. And and again, I think... Oh, my gosh. Here he goes. Whistling. <laughs> Just so fucking catchy, you know? What can I do? This one really is catchy. Uh, and I think it's got a good message, actually. Yeah, I think um, so, too. I'd say for, for like some old-school Green Day fans, this might be a, a departure in sound that really... I can understand them not liking this. Yeah. But, uh, and, and again, I, and I think it has a very adult message. I was just going to say, it's, it's nice that they're maturing. Last album we were talking, we're, we've been having some issues. Green Day's been trying to win his soulmate, Adrian. And then he they get together. They're finally having a family together. And, and all he can do is complain and struggle about how hard it is to be married. Mm-hmm. And they're having issues. And on this song, 
apparently things had gotten to the point where where it was either that we have to separate or we need to make some compromises. And this song is kind of about that. Yeah. Um, and I have a quote here that says, Church on Sunday deals with compromises in the relationship. You always have to look ahead, have a future in front of your eyes, and work on your relationships, no matter if you're a partner or with your friends. There will always be problems. You've got to find solutions, or at least try to find solutions. I really hope there's a solution to every problem. Wow. Elijah Armstrong. That's a really sweet quote, actually. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really thoughtful. Huh. So clearly his wife was fucking pissed at him as all hell. Oh, well, yeah. He's like, I've got to write a really good song. (laughs) Well, I hope this did the trick then. He's like, look, I'm very rich, but I'm on tour all the time. I'm gone, and I'm a bit of a jackass. Yeah. This song had really better blow her out of the water. This is this is. I mean, it's one. it's more of like, yeah, Billy just seems like kind of an asshole, but at least he's being honest about it. Type situation, you know? Yeah, and and I and I kind of like tracking the relationship this way. That that as his music is maturing, so is he as a person. A little bit, yeah. I think so. This is an important song. Someone I'm close with was and I were talking about this song as we were listening to it, and it was just basically like, oh my gosh, did. A, a song, a pop song, all about compromises and relationships. Like you don't get enough of those. That's true. <laughs> That's so true. It's such a large part of everyone's yeah. lives. Yeah, we never talk about it. That is so <laughs> true. Like at uh, the end of the day, if you're in a long-term relationship, like compromise is like the sexiest thing you can. Do. It's like <laughs> a real, a good one is like that's a good love song. Yeah, that is a really good point. Yeah, should we cruise on over to uh, track number four here? Well, when you show up to church on Sunday, you want to be wearing your Sunday best, but you don't want to become a fashion victim. This track for fashion victim, we're back with a bit more of a typical Green Day opening here. I really like the strum pattern, you know? Me too. Oh, I like this. I like this song quite a bit, actually. Yeah. What What do you think this song's about, Colin? I, I, I had trouble deciphering. You know... I, I didn't really try to read too much into it. I, I don't have a theory. Um, the anorexia go go line makes me think it's like. I, I was thinking like it's about a model or someone who married rich and kind of has to always be like a fashionable and, and presentable because she kind of chose this life of being a trophy. Mm hmm. Or, or, I'm not sure. So, or, or someone who's just, yeah, a slave to fashion, obviously is. Yeah. It's just that he, he, he refers to a he in the first. Uh, that's right verse or whatever his vintage suit yeah i I, otherwise i definitely feel that i don't know in any case it's certainly about kind of a distaste for kind of people who are slave to trends yeah and uh and 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 vanity and i like it's very catchy i like it quite a bit yeah you don't want to be a fashion victim but you got to care what you look like a little bit or you're gonna look like a freaking castaway (laughs) right Very true, very true, yes. And that brings us to uh, track five, Cast Away. Oh, you don't say. Oh, another awesome intro. Another fantastic opening riff. Yeah. I'd, I'd say this is a fan favorite. Oh, really? I didn't really think about that. But I could see it. I could see it. I was seeing that they, they played it on the warning tour. And then the only other time they played it live is they played it partially instrumentally uh, in 2009. I do know, isn't there a cool bass solo? I think later on in the track, yeah, after one of the choruses. I'll, sk- I'll try to skip to that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to look for. 
Oh yeah, here we go. Oh, here there it is. Oh, and it's preceded by that like cool little guitar solo too. Yeah. No, this song, I think this song's pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, Super well written for sure. Well written, and it's just about being a, you know, kind of feeling like a, a loser castaway. Yeah. But it's it's so kind of again celebratory. Yeah. Uh, it's that signature Green Day thing of kind of celebrating something that's not so celebrated. Being, yeah, being alone. Having a really. blast. Yeah. Having a blast. Conscientious objector to the war that's in my mind. I love that lyric. That is, um, yeah. Classic. You know, I mean, it sounds like, even though it's a cheery song, it sounds like that person was filled with misery. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and I only just realized this, but uh, there's a line, testing my nerves out on the boulevard. And I wonder, like, I'm sure it wasn't intended this way, but that reminds me of, like, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. And they're both oh, sort of think... similar thoughts, too, right? Like, he was he's, on a the lo- boulevard he's a loner. Dreams. He's sort of alone in both these songs, right? Well, Except when you're he's a loner. Happy. He's happy about it in this song, I guess. Yeah. Well, when you're, ha- I know you can be happy about being a loner, but you still might be full of misery. True. Oh, God. I didn't see that one. <laughs> well... That does bring us to our next you know, track, then. If you're calling and you've missed, you know, my subtle signs for the next song, you might be full of misery. True, true. I'm so sad about it. Well, oh, what's what's next? Track six here is is called Misery. Oh, yeah, Misery. Got a super interesting one here. Um, I think some yeah. of the critics like uh, compared it to like some operetta. Um, I don't remember what it was specifically. But it, it has that vibe because it has like this, a few interesting storylines actually within the within the song. Yeah, and it's very thematically stylized. Uh, yeah, as you said, yeah, it's 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 different from the rest of the album, and but also what the rest of Green Day's catalog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does fit best on this album, though. Like this is the place for it. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. It does have that kind of a deranged circus feel. Yeah, yeah, it does. Which I, I always like when a song has a... I, I, I like the genre of deranged circus music. <laughs> Green Day has a surprising number of those, actually, I think. They sure do. Yeah. King for a Day is probably one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pitching a Ride for some reason. Yeah, oh, definitely. Too, yeah. Um, and and, and if, as far as Misery goes, this was written by all three of them. Uh, oh, I did not. The only one that. on the album that that Billy wrote all the lyrics, but this one is credited to all three. Huh. G- GD guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is yeah, it is kind of considered the epic of the album. It is it is the longest at over a little over five minutes. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a pre Jesus is suburbia world too. So this at the time this is probably this is their longest song at the time, right? I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And the song is allegedly about people Billy knew growing up in the East Bay, or I guess all three of them knew. Oh, so these are real stories. Who got in a bad way. Yeah. Oh, I did not know know that. So all the lyrics are about these people who kind of have succumbed to misery, quote unquote, and they, uh, you know, are uh, end up in these different bad situations, Mm -hmm. you know, bludgeoned with a baseball bat or what have you. And it's it's all these, I guess, true stories that happened in uh, the East Bay and Billy's childhood. Yeah. Gosh, that makes it a whole lot darker because these are some... Pretty depressing stories. Speaking of depressing, I feel so depressed. I might just take a deadbeat holiday. Nice. Track seven here is Deadbeat Holiday. I cannot understand why this was not a single. I know. I think this is this one is obviously a fan favorite. 
Um, I cannot and I will not and I shall not understand why this was not a single. Exactly. And this, I have good memories too. This is one of the first Green Day songs you introduced me to, actually. And uh, It was one of the I first remember... ones I, I sought out on iTunes like just to buy Oh, buy okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would just play this song on repeat sometimes. I fucking love this song. I love so this catchy. song. Love Debbie Holiday. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until, like, and, and I was, because at the time, again, American Idiot Green Day fan here. Hello, it's nice to meet you. Yes, this is my disease. I own it. It's <laughs> that I explored this song in a world where Holiday was already a major smash hit. Right. American Idiot. Right. And I would just be like, oh, it's in my stupid little kid brain. It's like, oh, Green Day has this, like, the holiday, this theme of holiday song. Yeah, I was the that same way. That are just way. the best. Yeah, I just saw the word and I was like, oh, they're connected somehow. Right? Yeah, no, it's super like, funny. These two go together, and, yeah. and it's also because they're, they're also the two of the best songs. I know. That's it. I know. They're actually, those are top, one of my top twos. I agree. So yeah. I can't believe Deadbeat Holiday is uh, is not is not, is not not properly lauded as a single. I got Agreed. a music video, Agreed. get the proper radio airplay. It's yeah. catchy as all hell. It is. I love that Great verse lyrics. with the Christmas lights and they have the little jingling in the background. And the ching, 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 yeah, yes. exactly. They uh, yeah, they just like hit all the like nice little details in this song. I think they really do. Um, I as a as far as the meaning actually of this song, mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna read this Urban Dictionary uh, post that I found. It's pretty cool, I, and it, it says that Green Day essentially coined this term. Um, I don't know if that's exactly true, but the, I think it this entry sums the entire song up. Mm-hmm. According to Urban Dictionary, when an alcoholic or drug addict decides to spend his or her entire paycheck on his or her vice of choice and then go on a bender, this person parties or isolates until all the booze or drugs are done, only to wake up and realize that the rent, bills, food, budget, and utilities weren't paid, and then oh, face the eviction notice, search warrant, or an ambulance ride to the hospital. Even worse, they are killed by their binging or by outside circumstances. The term comes comes from Green Day's song Deadbeat Holiday on their album Warning, released in 2000. Hey man, what happened to Billy? I haven't seen him in over a week. Yeah, that piece of trash is taking a deadbeat holiday. I hope (laughs) he makes it out of this one alive. Oh, fuck. That's really dark. Wow. Isn't that so? That's yeah. what, that's what that song's about. Yeah, it, I mean, I knew it was sort of about that, but that took it a whole another level further. I felt so. Like. Christmas lights in the middle of August. It make it just makes it also depressing. Yeah, just, it really does. Person, yeah, which is something that Green Day have nailed by now is like writing songs that sound like really catchy and almost upbeat, but the lyrics are still dark as hell. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, thank you for adding to our vernacular there, Green Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never taken, I'd say, a full deadbeat holiday, but there was a few weekends in college there. I think we've all been there once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I really, I really had a problem. Um, so we're gonna <laughs> move on to eight here. Called, you know what? This is what I always say to everyone on a deadbeat holiday. I'd say to them, "Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on." I'd say, "Hold on, hold on, hold on." Uh, this is a very similar harmonica line to Love Me Do and I Should Have Known Better by the Beals. Mm-hmm. And Both it's the second uh, Green Day song to feature a harmonica intro, which I think was the first uh, Hitchin' a Ride. Was it Walking Alone? Or Walking Alone, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think so. 
Um, I, I really like the song. Again, yeah, people have noted that the harmonica is pretty much the same, but I'd say the rest of this song is very different. Um, mm-hmm. It is its own. It has its own merits and, it, you know, a different vibe and everything. Uh, yeah. And I really like the message of the lyrics, too. It's I feel like it sort of boils down to, like, only trust yourself in, like, a good way, you know? Like, you got you to gotta trust yourself before you can, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but can't can't uh, rely on others too much. Well, I, I, I don't know. I saw this one that said you need to hold on to yourself when there's nothing else left to hold on to because right. after all, the only thing you really wouldn't be able to live without is yourself. Exactly. And uh, Billy Joe said of this song, I had a friend of mine that three of his friends passed away in one year, so I wrote this song for him. Oof. That's brutal. That's really nice, actually. Yeah, and that kind of gives really the context sweet. to the song. Yeah. Uh, Everyone has this periods of their lives when she's like everything goes wrong. Like nothing, nothing is going right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's got to hold on, hold on to yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you hold on to yourself in the wrong place, <laughs> it might be called a jackass. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> that you know, brings don't us be to lewd in public. That this brings is track us to nine, track nine, and it is jackass. Again, just Again another with great a, intro, yes, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jinx! 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. No! Soda. <laughs> They're all pretty much identical, I'd say, too, if we broke them down, but I just, each one works and it's I own know, right, it's weird. It. It's weird, yeah, I, I really dig them. These kind of fun, quick, strummy intros that have a little bit more rhythm than just blasting those chords. Yeah. And I think these first few lines, too, are, are really some of, some of Billy's best, actually. Um... To know you is to hate you, so loving you must be like suicide. You know? I love those lyrics. I love all the lyrics to this song. Yeah. This is a good, uh, fun, fuck you, anger song. Yeah. Another style Green Day is perfected by this point. I, I read something about this. This is unsubstantiated. Uh, mm-hmm. There is an opinion that the song might have been written about Blink-182. However, huh. there is no confirmation or logical evidence to support that theory. But Green Day uh, did at the, around this time tour with Blink-182, and mm-hmm. it's documented in a fantastic documentary called Riding in Vans with Boys uh, that we should watch together and talk about on mic if we ever have the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's, it's really cool to see Green Day at this period of their career, and they're on tour with Blink. And, and essentially, there's just a lot of partying going on. Oh, I can but imagine, I, yeah. I do wonder if there's any truth to this song, if the, that... Th- kind of opinion would have been formed then because it's interesting that during the course of the documentary they're very similar but you can also see where the the two the gd guys and the blink 182 boys might differ interesting okay and how would you describe like the general difference between the two personality wise uh i'd say billy joe is more of a uh rock star okay and and mark and, and Travis is not in it so much. He's pretty quiet. But uh, I'd say the uh, the Blink-182 guys are more like, uh, they're like take off your pants and jacket. Okay. And Green okay. Day's more like 1039 smooth out slappy hours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think Green Day's like, let's get drunk and be rock stars. And Blink is like, let's break shit and get naked. Mm-hmm. Those are those are very similar, but yeah, there's a, there's a fine line. But there's a slight like. difference. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Razor thin line between the <laughs> two. Uh, um, well, I think this brings us to one of my. I mean, I've been waiting long enough for this track. Yeah, and, sorry to keep you waiting there. Yeah, and I think this is this is one of my absolute favorite Green Day songs. I think you might be on the, in the same boat here. I've 
Uh, this no, is I can't blame waiting. you. Yeah, this is track 10, Waiting. And like, I don't even want to talk over it. I just love I know, this song. I me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And that uh, intro is so perfect. And then when it breaks down with the drums. Oh. This was the third single from the album, obviously. Just hearing it, this is single material right here, mm-hmm. folks. Um, the video, I guess, was of kids jumping around at a party. I remember this at different, filmed at different speeds and kind of composited with Green Day playing in real time. Yeah. Uh, as this party kind of flurries around them. Uh, and it was directed by the now famous filmmaker Mark Webb. Oh, I didn't realize that. Cool. Yeah. He, he made uh, 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. And uh, the, the terrible, amazing Spider-Man films. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so huge, huge movies, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and Definitely. this was one of his first kind of big music videos. That's cool. Uh, that's cool. But apparently Billy Joe didn't like it. And he said that he felt that the song, the music video for the song was a failure. Oh, geez. I actually really enjoy the music video. Yeah, I but... don't know why he didn't like it. Maybe hmm. he thought it was like too similar to the other stuff they've done. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it is kind of like the redundant video a tiny bit. But, but yeah, so who knows? But uh, the song's fantastic, obviously. And uh, it was originally titled, I don't know if you saw this, Whoa, Whoa, Waiting, like three W's. Oh, no, I don't w- see that. W-W-A-I-T-I-N-G. Huh. No, I, I didn't realize that. Uh, and then Billy said... That title was cool and all, but the name didn't fit on the back cover of Warning. <laughs> so I guess it came down to spacing. That's pretty funny. And again, this song, it, it, it is a pretty positive song from Green Day. Yeah. I'd say the overall tone of this album has been a lot more positive than the last one. Oh, is, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's not a happy album, obviously, but absolutely yeah, compared but to, I, compared to their earlier earlier ones it is it is happy i guess yeah and i'd say i mean waiting here i'd say is about self-empowerment you know it's kind of about believing in yourself and having true kind of a moment of clarity yeah and you know yeah so i get i, I, I right. really again as, as green is maturing and their sound and their song writing style i i appreciate the themes evolving as well i agree yeah uh, hopefully hopefully as billy's a little happier maybe in his life yeah i think i think you can tell in this album he probably is you know and uh if you don't like this song, I would argue that you are probably in the minority. Uh, I would certainly hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I hope you're not in the moral majority. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and that brings us to our next track, track 11, uh, Minority. God, every single one of these, right? Yeah, yeah every single one. This, uh, now, this was the first single, I believe, off the album. Mm-hmm. And you can see why. This is obviously the, the most immediately appealing, I think. This is one of those... The first time you hear it, you still feel like it's, you've heard it a million times before. It just yeah. feels... It's a classic song. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was number one on the Billboard rock charts for five weeks. Um, and, it, and, it, so that was, and it was the best single for the band of this era. Uh, even though it wasn't nearly as big as a lot of songs that they had or will have in the future. Mm-hmm. But even, even to this time. day, I think it's a pretty uh, common like mainstay on their, on their live sets and stuff. Oh, and it's beloved. This yeah. is a beloved song, I would say. It is. And I think it sort of like harkens back to like earlier Green Day, too, lyrically at least. Um, I don't know. Just sort of like saying fuck you to authority and all that. Yeah. And it's not super in-depth, I guess, but it's still fun and relatable and all that. It is interesting like saying I want to be in the minority that's very hipster, actually. That's a little. That's very. It is. Oh, it is. It's, it's original hipster. He's labeling something as a feeling that still exists. Yeah. Even maybe more so. 
But, yeah. Uh, BGA said of the song, uh, the song is about being an individual and how you have to drift through the darkness to find where you belong. Hmm. I really like so I that. I think it's it's about trying on all these different hats, and and you kind of have to make yourself the minority of uh, kind of be the outsider of all situations before you can find what you kind of want to get in on and, wow. and and what what fits you. Yeah, that is super. That is super thoughtful. I think that's true. And 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 I, I think he also said of a minority, which is makes the song even more badass. Is uh, this was the point where their songwriting became a little more political, and uh, the lyrics "I pledge allegiance to the underworld." Mm-hmm. One nation under dog, oh uh, right, were taken from the American Pledge of Allegiance, obviously, but to quote twisted upside down a bit. <laughs> and you know, if you'll notice, this is kind of BGA Billy Joe Armstrong letting us into his kind of twisted mind just a little bit, yeah, just a little snapshot and kind of the dark shit that goes on in there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where he's I pledge allegiance to one nation under God, and he goes, what if I just kind of <laughs> kind of twisted that upside down just a little bit and flipped it. You know, and and what would people say if I said I pledge allegiance to the underworld, mm-hmm. one nation under dog? <laughs> wow, how fucking edgy is that? Jesus, I don't want to know what this guy dreams about at night because it's probably too fucked up. I don't want to <laughs> see it. I don't think I could handle it. So I love Minority. It's a classic, even though it is yeah. a little twisted, a little bit. It's a little goofy, I yeah. guess, when you describe it that way. But it's 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 a great song. I mean, as as a kid and to today, who doesn't love singing along a free for all? Fuck them all, you and you and I. Hey. Exactly. Fuck them all. You're on your own side. A free for go. all. Fuck them all. You're on your own side. Hey. Hell yeah. So fucking catchy. We kind of talked about uh, maybe this is becoming a fan cliche. Fan cliche. <laughs> a fan cliche in the autumn. I think it is. Uh, as we talked about with Nimrod, our last album, Green Day had great success with a kind of acoustic single mm-hmm. uh, that's not as rocky and upbeat. And I, as I said, I kind of think they noticed that and continued moving with albums moving forward with a, more of a soft emotional song Yeah, uh, to have as a single. And, and track 12 here, the final track on Warning is Macy's Day Parade. Yeah, they finally had the good sense to make it the last track too. Yeah, that's right. They learned from that mistake on Nimrod. Yeah. There's no there's no prosthetic head behind this Macy's Day Parade. Which I'm glad, yeah. This is another one of my absolute favorites. I think it's so pretty. So pretty. I love just kind of the, the rhythm of that that simple strum guitar. Exactly, yeah. And and again, kind of speaking about the deep groups, when, uh, when Trey and uh, Mike come in, yeah, it's not that complex, but it is heavy. Like it I was really just, it, it kicks in. I noticed the exact same thing. Is like it's not complicated. It's not super, you know, anything. But the bass line I noticed in particular was very noticeable and like felt like it really carried the song. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I think I think they did a really good job of, of figuring out with when they're making songs intentionally simple how to kind of work within those bounds. Exactly. Yeah. To to just get to what's essential. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, this song, the melody is beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous! Yeah, and the message is is very sad and uh, I, I think ever relatable. It's evergreen, the territory that he's venturing on here. It's about consumerism, essentially, in America. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yeah, and and of course the Macy's Day Parade kind of being this obvious symbol 
for consumers in America is like this thing, this traditional thing we look forward to on Thanksgiving is is for a department store. Mm-hmm. And everyone's every float is selling you something. It's true. It's sad. As you grow up, you slowly realize that all these magical things are actually trying to just being sold to you. Mm-hmm. Billy said of this song, it's sort of about the lies and deceptions that you have growing up and how you have to find your own way around. I think, yeah, there's some disillusionment there that I think everyone realizes at some point in their lives. It's just a lot of the stuff you've been sold from a young age is bullshit. And yeah, and I'd say that that's, uh, I mean, it is vaguely political and kind of not directly, but it is the the kind of Green Day starting to comment on societal problems as they see them. Mm-hmm. You know, which I like because I think Billy's kind of got a, a good poet's voice and an, a nice way of interpreting that. Uh, yeah, it's not in your face. It's not holier than thou. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's a, exactly. he's a part of it. He's not. Yeah, he's not looking down on you at all. And that's Macy's Day Parade. That is warning. Yeah, that was short and sweet compared to uh, our last album, Nimrod. No kidding, right? Yeah. And I, I think they learned their lessons from the last album, you know? Like, the last one was great, but like we said, it was a playlist more than an album. And this a one felt... A lesson learned for me and for you. Mm, sing it. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. We learned our lesson. They learned their lesson, exactly. But yeah, this album just had a lot more, uh, more of a common thread throughout the whole thing, I would say. Um, I... The, I, as we I said in the past couple albums, it's like, oh, I, I find myself revisiting this as an album less and less. Mm-hmm. This one, I would say I find myself revisiting more and more. I agree, yeah. Aged like wine. It has, it has. It's one of those albums that for some reason didn't get the respect it deserved at the time, but... I get no respect. I'm warning over here. I get no respect <laughs> over here, all right? So yeah, what would, you, what would you cut? What would you keep? How would you rearrange it, Chris? I mean, so I, I think Warning is a fantastic title track. And a, and a great opener. I like that. Green Day kind of gets in a habit right now of starting with the the title track, just getting it over with. American yeah. Idiot, 21st Century Breakdown. Blood, Sex, and Booze I really enjoy as well. And I, mm-hmm. you know what? I like it as a second track. I don't think there's a lot I would change about this album yeah. now that I'm really looking at it. I'm, yeah, I'm looking back through the track listing again. I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I don't know. I don't think I would move or cut or change anything, honestly. Yeah, if I, if I had to cut something... Okay, let's play. If you had to cut something... Okay, okay. I would probably cut Misery. What? I'm shocked Sorry. that. Wow. Sorry. I would probably cut Fashion Victim, even though I still oh. like that song. I could uh, get I could get behind that, maybe. Yeah. But again, like, I just... I don't, I don't see why I would do that. I don't really want to cut No, I agree. It's all good. Yeah. And it's sequenced very well. Honestly, I... This this might be crazy to to say, but I think this might be Green Day's most consistent album up to this point. And argue like oh. objectively, objectively maybe their best. You know, I think you're right. I think, and I think some critics ref- said that. I think people who were, had an idea of what Green Day would should be didn't have that. But a lot of people who were just coming into Green Day without an opinion, exactly, yeah, said like, oh, this is the best album. This is like by far their best album. This is the sleekest mm-hmm. pop rock record they've yeah. made. And I agree. There's like. Yeah, there really is no fat, even and and it. I think it does sacrifice some silly moments that are not on the album. Mm-hmm. I think that's but true. The, yeah, there's a humorous, you know, there's there's, stuff there's some sarcasm. There. Yeah, there's a lot it's of sarcasm. It's just not as overt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not a whole song dedicated to like Trey's goofy antics or some shit like that. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> still have a kind of a being tied up on the bed and beaten for sex. Yeah. Song. But it's a bit bit more <laughs> a bit more thoughtfully written, I think. 
Um. Anyway, yeah. So uh, you have, you got any got any uh, interesting plugs there, Chris? Interesting plugs. I don't know about that, but I do have some good old tried and true plugs, friends. Ah, good. Um, this of of course is redundant. The totally original Green Day podcast. Please follow us on Twitter. That's at Green Day Podcast. Please follow us on Podomatic, on iTunes, on Spotify. Download, like. Obviously, thank you for listening. Comment, whatever you can do. We got clips on YouTube which is uh, just redundant, the Totally Original Green Day podcast. Uh, if you ever want to share highlights from the show with friends. Please keep us alive. Let us survive. Yeah. If you want, yeah, we get paid by every download. We get paid a penny. So, you know, every download you you do helps. Oh, yeah. And then if you want to shoot us an email, that's at redundantgreendaypod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, corrections, or just uh, blatant spam that mm. you want to send us. Always looking forward to that. I, yeah. need, I need my Thanksgiving spam. Mm, I'm so looking forward to Thanksgiving. Damn. Do you have any plugs, sweet, 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 Colin? Oh, you know, just the just the same old plugs I've had uh, every week. I'd say, you know, just the headphone and the USB and the XLR and blah 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 blah. Oh, you're a good boy. Yeah, you're a very good. Boy. Yeah, you but take care like of your plugs. But like Chris said, share, uh, download, suggest to your friends. That's probably the biggest thing. Yeah, we will uh, be seeing you next week. I certainly hope. What do we got? Oh, we definitely will. What do we got next week? Uh, next week, we've got... Oh, my God. I just... I can't even say it. I'm so excited. I kid you not, this is my favorite album of all time of any band, American Oh, band. I don't know. I don't know if we're thinking the same thing. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I think we've got a shenanigans. Oh, we're doing shenanigans? Listen okay. to that voice drop. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. Jeezy, lordy, my no, I'll do. I'll gracious. do shenanigans. It's fine it's just it's b-sides so there is a lot of great songs on shenanigans it's okay b-sides i mean i guess great stuff there it's it's gonna be a lot of like humorous stuff i think which maybe we missed in warning so so there's that i think Uh, we're gonna have a great time it's gonna be a loose fun episode we're gonna be checking out all the things the boys didn't want to put on a proper album but they said hey this is still good enough to put out there these mm -hmm. are our shenanigans yeah and I'm sorry, it is a fun album. I shouldn't react that way. It's just when I was Thank comparing you. it to American Idiot, you know, in my head. That was that was the yeah. real thing. I'm sorry. Uh, you started to get so excited there. I just didn't want to. I yeah, know. I wanted to, I to kind of nip it in the bud. Yeah, it was good. That yeah. was good you did that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be sad for the rest of the day, but that's okay. We've got several options to sign off this week, but I'm going to let you choose it. Okay. Um, let's see. Dumbstruck, Color Me Stupid. Good luck, Chris. You're going to need it where I'm going if I get there at all. We will see A conscientious time. objector to the war that's in my mind. Colin? Leaving in a lurch, and I'm taking back what's mine. Uh, so, so when you're dancing through your wardrobe to the anorexia go-go, Chris? Cloaked with style for pedophiles ex- as credit cards explodes. Then I realized what it took to tell the difference between thieves and crooks. Colin, a lesson learned to me and you. Thanks for listening to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Keep it on us. We'll see you soon. Farewell.